Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft tapes podcast. This is Case 13, Iris. I am Jeremy, Keeper of Arcane Lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a role-playing game filled with cosmic horror, existential dread, and cell phones that never seem to have any signal, particularly when you desperately need to call for help. Huh. Your investigators of the unknown are... Gabe as Roy. Wait, can you come back to me? Matt as Rocky. Oh, goody, here I go killing again. And Brian as Pippa. I think it's Gabe's turn. I see what you did there, little badminton. Well, welcome back, players. How was everybody after our three-week break or two-week break or whatever the heck it was? Totally juiced and ready to go. Let's do this. You can't say that. He's been juicing for years. With the gas prices the way they are, it's just cheaper for me to buy cocaine and run everywhere, okay? That's true. It gives you the runs, though. Yeah, no, I use that for a little extra speed boost. <laughs> Listeners, if you would like to write us a love note or hate mail, send us a letter from beyond on our website at lovecrafttapes.com. Also, a gentle reminder that if you would like to chat with us in real time, join our Discord server at discord.lovecrafttapes.com today. And maybe, just maybe, Justin will draw you like one of his French girls. What's a French girl? This show is brought to you in part by our generous fans and supporters on patreon.com slash Lovecraft Tapes. So thank you to Jordy Rose, Barry Robeson, Atulia, Brittany Davis, Elizabeth Grieve, Chris Parker, Brownie Davis, Yasmin Amber, Kyle Sherman, Jefferson Bell, Huge Pie, Eric Zane, Olda Polkert, Mitchell, Lobster Johnson, Frank Delventhal, Amanda Power, Daniel Hissey, Eric Phillips, Malambra 57, Snow, Wouter Verbayan, Daniel Caprone, John Emery, Dom Driver, John May, Beefcake, Christopher Woods, Phil Dickinson, Robert Jameson, Boston Harbor Horror, Eric Setterberg, John Scarcella, Flix Capacitator, Yogg, Ripley Iwin, Jess Mall, Davinia Vonzerovich, Liz Moonberry, Stephen Gregory, The Frilled Shark, Sheldon Warner, Chainsaw Unicorn, Captain Vashton, Peter VDB, A.E. Jonesy, Mark Dixon, James Brown, Andrew Petty, Gregory Schmucker, Ineptus the Stardust, Shane Stoley, Ruined Ashes, Brindle Stubbs, Matthew, Rolling Boxcars, Horst Draper, Manic B Media, Jeffrey Young, Kevin C. Bifford, Batran, Hoser underscore 21, Prophet of Woe, Casper Rybeck, Alexandra Kroska, Holden Omans, Sykes Sin, Tian Tai, AJ Ake, Phil Campbell, Justin Levesque, Nicholas Hutto, David Winterman, John Konopasik, Kevin G., Mick Cope, Robert Lamb, Puddle Time, Phoenix Black, Jehovah's Thickness, Steve L., J.R., Tomas, Harold, Benjamin Webb King, Serotin Wizard of Isinglass, and Jack DeSlip. Appreciate Woo. that, guys. We got a nice long list of that. was 88 patrons. Oh, no, man. Jehovah's Thickness just gets me every time. Guys, before we begin, we do need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Welcome to luxury. Welcome to the good life. Welcome to high class. Welcome to Hotel Odebrati. 
Located in the thriving metropolis of Manhattan, within pissing distance of the Empire State Building, you'll have all of New York City at your feet. Whether you're hankering for mouth-watering back-alley hot dogs or jonesing for authentic Texas barbecue at the Okie Dokie Corral or craving a juicy steak served bloody rare at Shea Pickman, we're happy to make a reservation for you. Although Hotel Ordebrati does not have an in-house spa, we're happy to make an appointment in your name at Dolph's House of Pain and Pleasure, recently relocated from the environs of New Hampshire. In the mood to shop? Hail a taxi to Union Square, where all the hottest fashionistas rub elbows. Or book a boober to Brooklyn Heights to stroll the quaint stores and cat cafes. But when you get back home to us, be sure to pop into room 217 for our artist's showcase, an ever-changing impromptu exhibit of independent painters, photographers, and sculptors. Expand your mind and feel your body left far, far behind. Embrace the void. Seek solace in the blank blackness. Sleep the sleep of a thousand centuries to the dawn of a new civilization groveling at the feet of unspeakable beings until you yearn for the sweet embrace of forgetfulness and insanity. Forgot your toothbrush? Don't worry, we've got you covered. Here at Hotel Ordebrati, we aim to keep you in the style to which you're accustomed forever. And we're back. What'd you guys think of that product and service? I thought it was a wham-bam product. I was, I was really shocked at the quality of that advertisement. It was really good. Well, according to my doctor, I have to take that product and service rectally three times a day. I'll admit, it's not ideal, but she assured me that I'll never get any buns in the oven. Though, it does feel like I have an oven in the buns. So much burning. Wow. <laughs> All right, before we venture forward, guys, we do need to briefly review your Diary of the Dead. So let's take a quick peek at that. Do we have any clues now what the artifact might be? I'm wondering if it's a way to get into the alternate dimension, into the paintings. I was also thinking that. It's the worst theory I've ever heard. Is Charles hiding out in New York City somewhere? The artist was like, oh yeah, no, he's, you know, here, here's how you get there. But then I had those three rolls at the end where I realized that I was basically being led into some sort of ambush. So I don't think he's actually there. I think... Wherever he is or whatever is going on, we're getting close and they're trying to get rid of us because whatever is going on, they're directly related to and they don't want it exposed. Any theories on the big gray dog? I have a theory it might be Choo Choo and he did not like that's his wife's dog. He got sick of it and he wanted it gone. His freaking name is Choo Choo. Mm-hmm. I just thought he liked trains. Oh, yeah, I'm wrong. Now... Dear investigators, we play Case 13, Tape 9, Tuber or Not Tuber. 
Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. Our hapless heroes forego their usual leisurely crepe brunch for a quick roundtable chat session at a local NYC cafe before springing into action. Rocky ventures forth to Soho, where he engages in a battle of wits against the cunning Merald Orobrati, but ultimately leaves penniless. Roy and Pippa go deep underground to converse with Choo Choo McGee, who happily leads them into a network of disused subway tunnels and, perhaps, straight into the lair of the Grey Dogman. Jinkies! Will this band of three be whittled down by sinister forces? Or will they prevail over evil and complete their quest to find Charles Blaine? Rocky. Your analytical mind is spinning after your encounter with Marigold Odebrati. Standing outside DBRT Studio, you look down at the strange, gold-embossed subway ticket in your hand. It is engraved with mystical sigils and, most likely, some sort of RFID chip. She claimed it would cause the last northbound Green Line train of the night to stop at a precise spot along the route, whereupon the bearer can disembark and proceed 50 yards to a single unmarked door where Charles Blaine was hiding out. But your keen senses told you she was being only partially honest, and you had no doubt something nasty awaited anyone who took that subterranean trip. This wasn't just a ticket to the abandoned 76th Street station. No, this was a one-way pass to the end of the line. So what now? She expects you back with the artifact, which you're quite certain is reposing under Roy's mattress back at the hotel. First thing I want to do is uh, see if I can't locate ye oldie CD pawn shop, because clearly I'm walking into something, something, and I want to be fully armed and prepared. Why don't you make an intelligence roll first? Uh, I needed a 60. I rolled a 31. That is a success. As you are noodling all this stuff and trying to figure out you might be able to acquire a firearm, you know that you're probably not going to find one within the next hour. And you are quite certain, based on your suspicion of Madame Odebrati and her expectation that you'll return with the artifact, that the artifact is probably at risk at this point. So it's up to you if you want to spend some time trying to track down a firearm, but you have your doubts that by the time you get back to the hotel after that, that the artifact will be in your possession anymore. So first thing I'm going to do in that case is she, because uh, I mentioned that it was back at the hotel when I was talking to her, didn't I? Fuck. Rookie mistake. So first thing I'm going to do is catch a, a cab back to the hotel to try and secure the artifact. You flag down a cab rather easily. I'm going to slide in. Hey, where are you going, man? What do you want? Hotel Odebrati and step on it, if you don't mind. And I'm going to slide the $20 bill. 20 bucks? And he floors it and throws you back in the back seat. So he, he expertly zips through traffic, narrowly missing other cars, squeezing by delivery trucks that have been parked in lanes. And you're quite afraid after a few moments that either this guy has flipped his lid or he knows the city like the back of his hand and he's just taking every little inch. He's cutting corners. He's going a different route than you would expect he would go. It's not a straight route. He's taking all these back roads. At one point, he actually goes against a one-way street, but it's a real short block. 
block. So he just zips through and gets into another lane of traffic. Before you know it, like in nine minutes, he gets you to Hotel Odebrati. And there you go, buddy. Hey, thank you very much. Yeah, you have a good day. I got more fares, all right? Out. Pile on out, and I'm going to briskly uh, walk into the hotel. Go ahead and give me a uh, spot hidden. Uh, I needed a 62. I rolled an 11. That's an extreme success. Tomislav is missing from his post at the front desk, which is unusual in the middle of the day. There's nobody around. Tomislav, you hiding back there? A little too much of the sweet potato. And there's no answer. It's going to go and just kind of like peek over the desk. Uh, looks like it's abandoned. Cup of coffee, open box of half-finished junior mints. Is the coffee still warm? You can't quite tell beyond the plexiglass. Shit. Book it down the hallway and up the stairs, taking two at a time. So go ahead and give me a con roll. Uh, I needed a 55. I rolled an 88. That's a fail. So yeah, you kind of drag ass that last floor up, but you managed to make it up to the sixth floor. The first thing you notice is you can see the hallway there. I mean, there's only 10 rooms to either side, so it's pretty short hallway. You can see the door to Roy's hotel room is open and there's some shadow play there. Stick up against that that wall and is trying as silently as I can just kind of creep right up to the right up to the door frame. You do so? Take a second to catch my breath, spin the corner, jump into the room to attempt to surprise whoever is in there. And you clearly see Tomislav with his hands underneath Roy's mattress. And at this stage, I'm going to need Roy to make a luck roll. I need an 18. I got an 84. So Tomislav brings out the artifact and clutches it to his chest. Drop it before I drop you. You don't understand, Pippa. Marigold needs it to protect him. I do not have a choice. They will kill my family back home. Please, tell Rocky I said uh, so long and thanks for all the cribbish. And he throws himself out the window. plummets through the glass and down out of sight. Holy shit. Oh, not again. And I'm going to spin and start sprinting down the hallway to try and back down the stairs and out to the front. Go ahead and make a con roll. Uh, I needed a 55. I rolled a 95. That's a failure. You make it all the way down and you're sprinting at just top speed and you trip on your own feet and go sprawling in the middle of the lobby. And as you do so, you can see through the turnstile out onto the walk where Tomislav's body lay flat on its back, blood oozing, a gray dog creature scurry up and Tomislav feebly puts the artifact in its hands. It grabs it, hisses at you through the glass and then scurries away. No, no balls. And you hear a voice behind you say, oh, are, are you okay, sir? Well, I was until about five minutes ago. And a middle-aged woman helps you to your feet and brushes you off. Oh, you're staying in 607, was it? I'm Maria. Yes. Did you hear a commotion? Yeah, that's why I came running. I I heard a a loud crash. Is that Tomislav? And she races out the front door. Oh, this is not my day. I'm going to walk out after her. And she is already kneeling beside the body of Tomislav as he gasps, blood spurting out of his mouth and leaking from contusions in the back of his head, cracked skull, pelvis is at an unnatural angle. And you can see he's already beginning to fade, but his mouth is moving as if he's trying to say something. 
kneel down as best as I can without touching any of the, the pooling blood and try and get close. You better have something good to say, because in your attempt to save your family, you just killed them and everyone else for that matter. And he looks in your general direction, but clearly his sight is faded. He can only vaguely respond to your words. His head lifts up, slightly straining from the concrete, brain matter oozing out of the cracks in his skull, and both you and Maria lean close. He gurgles one word. Windflower. And then dies. Windflower. (laughs) Does that mean anything to you? Nothing to me. Does it sound familiar to you at all? It's a strange thing to make one's last word, unless it was important somehow. Well, I, I can't be certain, but I've heard the name before. Charles said it once. Question is, where is it going? Roy and Pippa, you stand very still in the subway tunnel, listening to the last echoes of that haunting howl and unnerving laughter fade away, swallowed by the darkness. Now, something is approaching very quickly from the gloom. Claws on gravel syncopate with snuffling grunts. Your flashlight beams crisscross in every direction, unable to pinpoint any movement. Soon, the thing will be upon you, but thanks to the way sound bounces off the stonework, you're uncertain from which direction. I'm going to need each of you to make a listen roll. I need a 37, I rolled a 64. I needed a 40, I rolled a 1. She hears dead people. We are into combat, guys. I'm going to show you what you are up against. Oh, Judas. As it drops down from the ceiling above onto you, totally surprising Roy. It's the gray dog. It has a dexterity of 65. 80. I have a dexterity of 65. It has three attacks per round. Claw, claw, bite. Needed a 40, rolled a 50. And uh, it's going to roll a D10 bonus die. So that makes it 80. So the claw missed. Now it's going to try for the bite. It needed a 40, rolled a 93. But it gets a bonus die on this. So And it's an 83. So you somehow managed to escape. So it's going to be a claw on Pippa. I needed a 40. I rolled a 2. But I need to roll a D10 for the penalty die. And I roll. So that would be a 42. So that is actually a miss. <sighs> You got a little lucky there. So it lands between the two of you and lashed out at you. But thanks to Pippa's great instincts, listening. I shoved Roy a bit. You killed me. I did? You shove him onto the third rail. So, Roy, you got the ups now. Pull out my trilby gun, shoot at her. And it is point blank, so it can only dive for cover or do nothing. Those are the only two options it has. And so what it's going to do is do nothing. So go ahead and shoot. I needed a 53. I got a 45. That's a success for 11 damage. It takes the brunt of your bullet. You shoot it in the midsection. The bullet goes straight out the other side, and you can see that the interior of this thing is desiccated. There's like a puff of powder that comes out like dust, almost as if you had shot something that had been stuffed. So it actually only takes five damage, and it hisses at you. I'm going to need you to make a sanity roll, please. Oh, the first ever sanity roll success. I needed a 49 and a 36. While we're at it, go ahead, Pippa, why don't you roll some sanity as well? As you see, this thing takes some damage that it 
probably shouldn't still be standing. Needed a 74. I rolled a 49. I'm good. Pippa, you having immersed yourself in this occult stuff, this does not come as a huge surprise to you. Plus, you've already heard of the Grey Dog, so you kind of know that this was probably what was going to be on the other end of that howl. Yeah, I just didn't realize that he was being controlled. That would be the only thing that would have surprised me. So uh, we're going to go ahead and let Pippa go now. Oh, I'm going to cast Rack. So remind us what Rack does. Nothing, because I can never roll the right dice. <laughs> but if, in theory, if it works, I have to oppose the other person's power, and it's within 10 yards. So any enemies within 10 yards are affected. Pain afflicts the victim with blisters, fluid, bloody eyes, causing temporary blindness for 1d6 rounds, and completely helpless for 3d10 minutes. So this is just a pow on pow. It's a pow wow. So this is going to cost you three magic points and one sanity. And it's going to cost a round to cast, it says. So it's actually not going to kick in until next round. You got nine magic points left. I have a fiery joy in my eyes. Extremely eager to use my powers. The gray dog is now going to lash out. Roy just shot it in the midsection, so it wants to lash out at him. And it's going to claw and try to bite him again. But this time around, uh, you guys have options. So, uh, Roy, you're first. Do you want to fight back, dodge, maneuver, do nothing? I'll start with a dodge. I needed a 40, and I rolled a 28, which is a success. I need a 45, and I rolled a 71, which is a failure. So you are going to take one point of damage. As it rakes your arm, the arm that is holding the gun, and you see blood all up through your suit coat. Just had that cleaned. I do always have a full suit on. It enjoyed that, and now it's licking its lips. And this time, it gets a bonus die. What do you want to do on this? Try and pistol whip it. All right, so you're going to fight back. So go ahead and roll that, and I'll roll mine. All right, I needed a 40. I rolled a 17, which is a hard success. That's with no bonus die. So I'll roll my bonus die. It does not improve, so I'm going to stay at a 17. Oh, I needed a 54. I rolled a 57, so I failed. It latches onto your arm, actually, and just starts sucking the blood. So you take four points of damage as it just tears into the meat. I'm going to need you to make a dexterity roll to hold onto your gun. I needed an 80. I rolled a 24, which is a hard success. Kept a hold of your gun. Pippa, do you want to dodge, fight back, do nothing, fighting maneuver? I'm going to go with dodge. Dodge away. I need a 33. I rolled a 30, which is a success. And I needed a 40, and I rolled a 16, which is a hard success. That is going to be four damage to you. Luckily, that's not five in one go. Roy. Clearly, brawling is stupid, so I'm going to go back to the gun. And he's going to dodge. I needed a 53. I rolled a 17, which is a hard success. I needed a 40. I rolled a 45, which is a fail. Tell me how you dispatch this guy. I'll just pull my gun and aim it dead blank into its forehead and fire off. And you see the head just explode. Dust and what appears to be mold drifts through the air. The mouth that had latched onto your arm just moments ago creaks open and the body flops down dead. Fatality. You hear behind you, What are you idiots doing down there? I told you the left tunnel. Not the right one. The right one was the wrong one. And you turn around and see Choo-Choo 50 feet away with a flashlight in your direction and a Luger in his other hand. Clearly, he'd been ready to potentially enter the fray are you guys okay we are now the hell you're bleeding is that what i think it is that's your gray dog 
and he goes up and he gives it a tentative kick. That looks a little different than the one I saw. I'm thinking there's more than one of these things out here. I'm thinking you're right. Hey, Missy, uh, you, you don't look so good. What? How's that scratch doing? Oh, well, it's bleeding pretty good. I'm just staring at him with dead hollow eyes. Uh, I, hey, buddy, I think she's in shock. Come on, guys. You you guys went down the wrong tunnel. I clearly said left. I mean, if you go back and look, listen to the uh, tape, let's get over to the 76th Street Station. There's bound to be a first aid kit and hopefully a call box that still works. I don't know. Fine. Let's go. All right. Come on. The old man trudges back the way he came and waits for you at the fork where you took the wrong tunnel. Come on, guys. It's not too much further, I know. And I'll follow. So Rocky, Tomislav, breathes his last, and Maria shakily stands up and looks at you. Where is Pippa? Last I heard, they were going to meet with someone at Grand Central, I believe. Why? Something about meeting someone named Choo Choo. We were following up on a lead about uh, something that someone had seen down in the tunnels, I believe. You mean the subway tunnels? Yes. Uh, its whole mystery seems to revolve around uh, the seedy underbelly of New York. Oh, I was afraid of that. I think your friend might be in trouble. Surprise. Trouble tends to find them more often than not. I think we would be wise to get to them as soon as possible. They may be in need of our help. I can sense it. Don't ask me how. However, I do need to make one stop first, as I am currently unarmed, and I really don't wish to wander into any kind of battle with just my bare hands. You're not in possession of the artifact, are you? No. Tomislav jumped out the window with it, and it was retrieved by one of those dog things. We could go after the dog, but I have a sneaking suspicion I know where it's going. Where? You ever heard of an artist goes by the name M-R-G-L-D? Marigold. Yes, I believe I've heard of them. I happen to know where she lives, and I was there earlier today discussing the artifact, and she seemed very, very interested in it. I mean, her last name is Odebrati, and the scepter is carved with the name Odebrati. She did say it was made by her family. That makes sense. I was working with Pippa's father and Charles Blaine years ago, and I believe I remember them saying something about it was a some kind of weapon to be used against. Well, the text said something like grave plundering flesh eaters. Oh, well, that makes sense. I mean, if you knew there was one thing out there in the world that could end you and you knew where it was, I'm pretty sure you'd do anything to get your scrappy little paws on it. I agree, and I think we need to find it as soon as possible. Well, then, uh, we might want to make a stop by 556 Broadway. I have something that you might require. And she darts into the hotel. And a few moments later, she comes out, she looks left and right, and already there are people gathering around Tomislav's body. And you can hear sirens in the distance. She comes up to you and ushers you away from the scene. And slip something into your hand. Here, here, I think I think this will be of use. And you look down to see a Walter PPK 10 shot. I heard that it launches grenades that only hurt enemies. Well, yeah, obviously. And we're going to switch back real quick to those guys. Following Choo Choo 
You advance warily down the left tunnel, skittish to every minor noise of shifting gravel or the faraway hum of trains, glancing nervously at your own wavering shadows thrown against the walls, which become narrower and more cluttered with fallen debris. Then, suddenly, the underground corridor ends at a bricked-up archway which is partially collapsed. In and through. Chuchu explains before ducking to the other side. Cover me, Roy. Where's my diamond pick? Yeah. So you guys follow through. Beyond is a site you had never expected to encounter. A nearly pristine white-tiled subway platform running just 60 feet and eerily doused in periwinkle blue by a single bulb overhead. Electricity still running through here, Chuchu mumbles. Gotta be a good sign. He hoists himself up onto the elevated station surface, extending a hand to help you up as well. Despite his energetic progress so far, you can tell he's out of breath and sweating. He shrugs. Damn diabetes. I'll need to get some sugar in me for too long. I just just need to rest a minute. You go ahead. Uh, Station office should be through there. He motions toward a single closed iron door set in the center of the station wall. I'll have my gun drawn and shyly open the door. The door opens with surprisingly little effort and noiselessly, as if the hinges are kept well-oiled. You shine your flashlights into the unlit space, dust motes dancing in the musty air. Beyond is a moldering arcade of a bygone era. Gray and brown brick gone dull arched high overhead to a ceiling bedecked with faded mosaic artistry that depicts a rural grassland festooned with dog violets, foxglove, toad flax, and black-eyed Susans. In this spacious chamber, rusted turnstiles stand sentry in a metal wire fence to the left, though these can be easily circumvented via a partially open gate that is missing its padlock. To the right is a shadowy archway that still bears the universal symbols to indicate a restroom. Directly across is another door marked private. Shouldn't that be the bathroom? Privates. Well, I'm definitely going to the private door. Again, I'm following. So Roy takes the lead, shuffling through the gloom, flashlight dancing along the walls and the ceiling. And as you progress, obviously, you see your own shadows playing against the walls. And you make your way to that door that says private. And I open it. With a shuddering sigh, the door to the station master's office swings open. Your torch beams play along the surfaces of cobwebbed walls and barren floors until they pick out the room's lone occupant. A skeleton, seated in a chair, backed up against a support beam, dressed in a tattered trench coat and a dust-laden fedora hat. Rocky. Turn to Maria. I guess we better catch ourselves a cab unless you know a faster way to get to Soho. You easily catch a cab and make your way back to Soho. And he drops you off just a couple buildings away. So if memory serves, we're just a little down the Lock. Be careful. Saw a bit of what she had inside, but who knows what else is hiding. 
walk down the street towards uh, 556. You're there in front of the building? I'm going to make sure, you know, we're not directly being watched. I want to make sure she's not, like, expecting us. Okay, how about a spot hidden? Sounds like a spot hidden to me. Oh, I needed a 62. I rolled a 79. That's a failure. So you scan the building, the front of the building, and, again, the, the second level is blacked out. All the windows are blacked out. And it looks like there's not much going on. So I'm going to walk up to the far door, and I'm going to grab the handle just to see the off chance. I She probably wouldn't be that dumb, but... Actually is unlatched. All right, halfway there. And I'm going to go for the, the main door and turn the knob and see. And as you do so, Maria behind you goes, what's that? And she's pointing at your feet. And you look down to see a streak of familiar black fluid... Pull the gun out, safety off in one hand, and I'm going to stand to the side, and I'm going to twist the doorknob and try and push it open from the side, so when the door opens, I'm off to like the right-hand side. I'm not directly in front of it. The front door is also unlatched, and it swings open freely. Go ahead and give me a spot hidden, please. Uh, I needed a 62. I rolled a 4. That's an extreme success. So you quickly scan... The ground floor, pointing your gun inside and also up at the stairwell. And there's something not quite right from when the last time you came. Towards the back of this huge storage room, there's an easel towards the back that has shifted and also a very large crate. Well, someone's been moving some furniture and I don't like the looks of that. What do you mean? When I came in this morning... Everything was set in place, and it looked as if nothing had been touched or moved for quite some time. And I come back, and somebody has quite very obviously been moving things around. Gonna reach back down the porch and grab just like a small landscaping rock, and I'm just gonna kind of lob it into the room and try and get it far back as close to that crate and easel just to see if maybe a little bit of sound disturbs anything that's there. It does not. Those stone clatters... I'll lean a bit. Delivery. Anyone here to sign for a package? And there's no response. I don't think anybody's home. See, that's what worries me. She very clearly said she was agoraphobic and hated going outside. Well, maybe she's not outside. Fair point. You wait here. And I'm going to very quietly just tiptoe like one foot over the threshold into the into the house gun up at the ready pointing straight back at that easel and crate and you make your way towards the crate very quickly just side side back make sure that there's nothing hiding behind the easel or the crate so there's nothing hiding behind the easel but there is a picture on it it's partially covered by a sheet but you can just make out it looks very similar to the leg of Charles Blaine that you saw in room 217. But you can see just the corner of it, like 20% of it. Spin back, like, so far, so good. I'm going to kind of motion for her to step in. She'll rush up to you. And then I'm going to just and pull the sheet back. <gasps> oh my god. And indeed it is the same, but it is slightly different. It shows Charles Blaine standing before that archway. But he's not standing of his own accord. His hands have been bound above his head so that he is strung up in front of the entrance while 
a massive gray dog thing consumes his right leg, stripping the bone bare. And also in the photo is Marigold Odobrati. She has a remote clicker in her hand to take the selfie. It is a photograph. And she too has blood smeared on her lower lips. The worst part is Charles Blaine is clearly still alive in the photo. And we'll switch back to Roy and Pippa. So Roy, you're looking at this corpse. Roy, what's in there? What do you see? Hold on. And I'll go search the pockets of the trench coat. The hands of the corpse have been cuffed behind and around the support beam behind the chair in which he's sitting. I'm standing at the door, watching out. Roy, so you root around his trench coat and find a leather-bound journal with three entries. Entry number one. It won't be long now. Checked into room 217. Sam should arrive in the city soon, and we'll finally get that murdering bastard, Jason Windflower. Tracked him from the contented cow, where he murdered those people and pinned it on me. Now he's in Manhattan, been hiding out in the subway with a pack of gut munchers. Ghouls. He's one of them now. I think he's in charge, but not for long. There's a big surprise coming for him. By the time Sam brings me the artifact Maria got for us, the crystal should be fully recharged. Meantime, I've got context trying to pinpoint the nest. Entry number two. No word from Sam. What the hell is taking her so long? Haven't found Windflower's lair yet either. Entry number three. Got a call from Marigold. Didn't even know Odebrati still had descendants living in Manhattan. Figured they went back to Serbia after they sold the studio to the hotel chain. Evidently, she stayed and opened up her own place in Soho. She has another family artifact, something with a bit more juice. Plus, she knows the locations of the abandoned station where the ghouls are hunkered down. Evidently, the midnight train from Grand Central still stops there. So meeting her there tonight. If this all goes according to plan, Sam will never have to be involved. Tune in next time as we play another reel of the Lovecraft tapes. Alright guys, we're jumping straight into some recommendos, so let's roll some sweet tea. Nice, so it's going to be me, Matt, Gabe, and Brian. So I will start us off tonight, guys. One of the first titles to launch along with Stadia was Bungie's Destiny 2. It came pre-bundled with the Shadowkeep expansion. I enjoyed running around, shooting critters in this creepy setting, but honestly, I didn't know what the hell I was doing back in 2019. I didn't know anything about this game. I didn't know anything about the lore. And I was kind of put off by the fact that the universe kept changing. Now, cut to three years later... And I decided to roll the dice on the Witch Queen expansion after reading opinions of people I trust. And I'm so happy I did. 
Witch Queen adds several new elements to the game, including a fresh web-draped environment, Savathun's throne world to explore, a game-changing dynamic where some of your enemies are now infused with the same light-bearing powers as you, a forge to create your own custom weapons, and the ability to create your own custom weapons on the forge, including my new favorite, the glaive. And there's a compelling main storyline with several branching quests, plus an investigation board that posits you as the detective trying to solve a mystery. Bungie has also revamped their onboarding process for new players, so the classes, the main NPCs, and the locations make a bit more sense than it did back in 2019 when I started. Destiny 2 has risen yet again to the top of my routine playlist, and if you're just getting started, I highly suggest you spend some time reading any lore that you unlock along the way, because there are secrets inside those snippets of mythology. And it's that depth of play and the, the deep lore that have kept me coming back. Um, plus, if you just want like a quick shooter to spend some time and twitch your finger, it's actually a pretty decent way to go uh, spend some time. So Destiny 2, the Witch Queen expansion is my recommendo for this week. Whoop, whoop. Uh, Matt, you're up next. Normally, when I do recommendos, I love putting, you know, smaller games out there, things that people haven't heard of, the odd, off-the-beaten-trail kind of experience. And uh, that's what I have found for everyone today. It is a game titled Growing Up, and it's not so much a game per se as it is a, a story generator. You start out your game picking out who your parents are and giving yourself a name and you get to pick, you know, where who you are when you start and you are born into the world as a toddler. And from there the whole crux of the, the game is utilizing your resources at hand and playing several different mini games to build up who you are and tell your story. I mean, whether you want to invest in skills and abilities that make you more artistic and maybe you'll end up you know being a painter or a photographer or if you want to you know hang on until you're in middle school and computers come onto the scene and you start going after that and you end up you know the ceo of a video game studio is crazy in deep with the decisions that you can make the ways that you can take your character and create a, a truly unique story to you there are 200 plus skills in this game so you can spend a lot of time really going into depth and making choices either that you find interesting or that you think apply really well to your your character as your role playing and you make friends along the way as you grow up and you meet different people based on the decisions and choices you make and in one run you might end up being best friends with someone and the next time around you know you hate each other there's a whole lot to do in terms of of creating these really rich uh stories that are all driven by you it goes from when you're a toddler all the way up until if i remember correctly when you finish i want to say it's high school and you basically show you basically get to see where you go for for college and then it's um a short summary you know kind of going over all your decisions and where your character ended up and from there what you do is your old character is now one of two parents and you start a new character which is the child of your previous character and it can can become this long-running saga where you chain these people that you create together and every time you go back in you're creating a new person a new story the games aren't hard they're really simple mini games it's you know time management and 
making decisions, but it just does something so unique every single time you play it. I absolutely love it. And I'm the kind of person that normally goes for like, you know, 4X strategy games or first person shooters. But there's just something about the way this game is put together and the way that you can tell these really neat stories that I just keep coming back to. And it's really, really worth the the money and the time if you can if you can spare it right now like it's only 15 bucks on steam it's worth every penny well thanks matt appreciate that and gabe you're up next i'm gonna recommend a wrestling company one that is the a, a fairly recent casualty in the dick measuring contest that these two asshole companies have been going through in that industry where they're basically going through and destroying the independent scene ring of honor is one of the three best wrestling companies that has ever existed it had everything that you could want it's got brutality when you want it it's got high flyers when you want it and it has the greatest technical wrestling that america's ever had it came out of the ashes of old ecw right there in philadelphia which is in my opinion the hottest wrestling market in the country it just ran from right off the get-go it had established names to help bring it up in the beginning and then eventually it established its own names guys like cm punk and samoa joe brian danielson some of the best wrestlers you could ever see a lot of guys great guys came through there and it's really disheartening that AEW had to go in and murder it and i know a lot of people are gonna say that it wasn't them but it was we'll see how it goes because i know that they're gonna turn it into some bastardized version of itself it's not gone it's just under the AEW umbrella but i'm not confident that it will be anything other than a minor league for them in my eyes ring of honor's been killed uh rest in peace but you need to you know, if you like wrestling, you got to go back. That 2005 to 10 era is probably their best stretch. But really, up until 2021, I can't pinpoint an era that was bad in its entire history. It's really the most consistently good company that has ever been around. It gives a good diversified type styles of wrestling. If you like different styles, you'll like watching that. You know, it's not as character-based as some people would like, I'm sure. But if you're really into wrestling and technical stuff, that's the that's the company for you so sad to see it go but happy we had it that's a ring of honor thank you gabe and brian wrap us up i'm going to recommend a product i've never really thought much about uh, insulated containers like coffee water all that stuff water bottles all that i just whatever a water bottles a water bottle coffee cups a coffee cup um until christmas time when i bought everybody in my family yeti coffee cups uh, i got the tall ones and every single member including Jeremy recently let me know how good they work. And I, I got one for myself, obviously. Um, I use it every single day for coffee and it lasts probably, I'd say I can finish it if I get in a meeting or something, I can finish it two or three hours later and it's still hot. I really enjoy that aspect where I can set it down. Where the hell did I leave that an hour later? There it is. Okay, it's still great. So I'm going to recommend any Yeti product, but Yeti coffee cups, they're unbelievably insulated. I don't know how they do it. Cold stays ice cold, hot stays super hot. Just really good all around product. Nice powder coat on the outside, so you got a decent grip with it. The easy to wash, easy to clean, all stainless steel interior. I think triple walled. Definitely try Yeti products if you get a chance. I only have the the coffee cup, but my daughter has the water bottle, and she says that the ice that she puts in the morning is still done after her rehearsal at six o'clock at night. It's still still ice in there, so she really likes that one as well. All right, guys. Well, that's going to be it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. If you like what you hear, 
please leave us a review. Meanwhile, you can find us at lovecrafttapes.com with links to all our socials, including Discord, Reddit, YouTube, Twitch, and much, much more. You can find me on Twitter at lovecrafttapes. And if anyone can tell me what's in the box, you can find me on Twitter at the real weird kid. And if anyone wants me to rifle through more people's pockets, you can find me at Lovecraft Gabe. Um, I'm actually looking for volunteers to let me try out my spells on. So reach out to me at Brian Podcast now. Cast rack on you. Until next time, roll for easels. The Lovecraft Tapes Podcast is copyright 2022. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes Podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.